this is one of the 12 nominees to go into the uh, Toy Hall of Fame. This is at the Strong Museum of Play in Rochester, New York. We love this list every year. Usually, out of the nominees, there are a few on, on that list where I think, oh, there's no way that would get in, right? There was a few <laughs> where that it's a little debatable. The list this year is hard. Oh, wow. Any of these could go in. Yeah, and uh, Shane Reinwald, Senior Director of Public Relations for the National Toy Hall of Fame, online with us to do a little talking about that list. We do not envy that job this year, Shane. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on. So this is actually the 25th year of the National Toy Hall of Fame. And, yeah, you're talking about look at these 12. It's as strong a class of finalists, I think, as we've ever had. No doubt. And, and we'll go ahead and run down the list. Uh, Jamie, you want to take the first half, starting with Battleship? Oh, mine are in a different order than oh, yours. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've got them alphabetical. In alphabetical order. <laughs> um, I'll just, we'll just read them off real fast. Um, baseball cards, Battleship, Bingo, Bop It. Cabbage Patch Kids, Choose Your Own uh, Adventure Game Books, Connect Four, Ken Doll, not Barbie, Ken Doll, The Little Tykes Cozy Coop, that little car that's got the red base with the yellow top, oh, yeah. Nerf, Nerf Toys, Slime, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now, I, I want to, Shane, right away talk a little bit about uh, not just Ken, because obviously with the Barbie movie, there's all kinds of hype around that, but the one that, that really just caught me by the nostalgic heartstrings here was the Choose Your Own Adventure books. And and they've come back into, you know, into vogue in the pop culture realm as well. They're actually talking about making more new ones. But that one, you know, we, we talk about the sort of wandering definition of what makes a toy, and the choose-your-own-adventure books, I think, might surprise a lot of people, but I think they absolutely belong. Talk a little bit about that choice. Yeah, so that's actually a first-time finalist this year, and I think you're getting to the point of it. We think super broadly about what a toy is. It's not just something that you buy. It's not something that you necessarily order from Amazon. It really can be anything that's a vehicle for play. So I think a lot of us that read these books, and I know I did when I was a kid as well, um, there was something so playful about being able to actually make decisions within your literature and to sort of carve your own path out. So that really is the fun part of it. And they have, like you said, they've come back and that really points to the longevity of it, which is one of our main criteria is that none of these things on this list are something that were holiday hit for one season. And that was it. There's something that many generations have memories with and that kids are probably still playing with today. Uh, logistics question, uh, because I'm comparing this to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in my head of, um, is it more likely if a toy has been nominated multiple times before, is it more likely that it's going to get in than, than something that's been nominated for the first time? <laughs> it's usually a good sign that it's going to get in eventually. So um, the last one that got in that comes to mind that had been up, I believe it was seven times prior, was Magic 8-Ball. And eighth time was the, the magic time for wow. the Magic 8-Ball. But that wasn't one of those that every year it came up and it didn't get in. It was one of those, yeah, it's got to get in eventually. There's a reason that some have been nominated that many times, and sometimes they're just up against a tough class. For whatever reason, the voting committee that year may just swing a different direction. But I think you know any of these that you look at that have been multiple-time finalists, so Cabbage Patch Kids is one here that's been at least a handful of times a finalist. If not this year, it's day will come for sure. Definitely. And so let's get right into the headline on the story because everybody has made reference to the Barbie movie and saying, well, he's not just Ken anymore. Talk about the Ken doll and, and did the movie hype have anything to do with its nomination this year? <laughs> it certainly didn't hurt the movie hype. <laughs> I think I think when 
a toy really sort of resounds around culture and people are talking about it and it becomes this big pop culture hit, it really points to the influence that a toy has. So our criteria are iconic status. So icon status, and certainly Ken has that in spades. And I think the movie helps reinforce that. Longevity has been around more than 60 years. Um, and innovative is one of the criteria as well. And I think really at the time, pairing Ken with Barbie was a, a big decision that Mattel made. And he's been with Barbie at Barbie's side kind of through the thick and thin for decades. So I, th I think he's got what it takes, but it's also open for debate. So it's been fun to hear from people on, you know, different sides of the equation. Every year in the list, there is something that, um, like the pet rock got in one year. There's something that is ambiguous, that's, that's a little more vague, that's not necessarily yeah. a branded toy. There's nothing this year that qualifies for that. The closest thing that comes to it is slime. Yeah, but everything slime else is, is a branded in toy. That category. So you, in the past, we've had the stick, we've had the cardboard box. So you think those items that with a little bit of imagination, they don't cost anything necessarily, but with some imagination, they become all sorts of wonderful um, play toys. So yeah, slime this year is one that you can buy. There are certainly many manufacturers that create a version of slime or something that's slime-like, but it also is something that you can whip up in your own kitchen. And you know, I know a lot of families, and I remember doing this when I was younger, you get a recipe, you can find various ones online, you can We've come up with your own before. and you can create something similar <laughs> and make a mess while doing it, which is yeah. always fun. Definitely. <laughs> oh, yeah. How many how many of our toys just left the uh, the living room looking awful when we were done? And, and Part of the charm. <laughs> oh, without doubt. And again, we're talking with Shane Reinwald from the National Toy Hall of Fame at the uh, the Strong Museum of Play in Rochester, New York. Uh, and, you know, it, it, the, the Little Tykes Cozy Coop, a lot of the folks who are texting in right now are referring to that one because it is one of those things that not only has it been around forever, it's changed very little over time. That iconic, as Jamie said, the red car with a yellow roof. We all know what it looks like and the four little you know wheels that turn on their own. And, and it's everywhere. I mean, if you live on a street where there are kids, you will see one, period. And I have to tell you, I have a four-year-old and he has one. Of that course. <laughs> comes in green, so they have made a few different versions. Oh, but... really? Okay. But he, he's still out in the driveway constantly pedaling that thing around. And it's, it, I think it speaks again to that longevity. This is something that you think back and it's been in the front yard. It's been in the, the driveway of so many different families across the country and really also other parts of the world. For those who have not heard us talk about this in the past, um, remind people of what, how you come up with the 12, the nominees, and how you get to the ones that actually get in. Sure. So every year we solicit nominations from folks all over the world. So they are able to nominate online. People will mail us them. Sometimes people will stop by while they're here and say, is there somebody I can talk to? I, I have to nominate a toy. So we'll get thousands of those over the course of the year. And then we have an internal team. So curators, educators, the folks that live sort of in the play realm that work with our toys day to day, and they help winnow it down based on some of that criteria that I was talking about earlier. And so from these 12 that we just announced, that typically then gets narrowed further to about three inductees in any given year. And we have a National Selection Advisory Committee. So these are outside folks, third party folks, academics often, historians, educators, child psychologists, people that would look at these toys either from the cultural perspective or from the educational side. And then they vote, we get their ballots back and we add one more public ballot. So we do at museumofplay.org have a public vote available and the top three there from the public 
they get added to the ballot list. So that's one out of, I believe it's going to be 22 other ballots this year. So the public does have some say. There's one other thing that, that I was interested in in terms of the nominees this year versus other years is that you mentioned the stick and the cardboard box and things like that that have, have been in over time. And certainly some classic toys uh, are in there from the very first year as well. But there's very little on this list. In fact, there's only one that even has a, a vague collection to electronics, and that's Battleship because they had an electronic Battleship version, and, and I think they still do. But uh, most of these things work completely without the use of electronics. The Atari 2600 is in the, the Toy Hall of Fame already yep. from several years ago. The Nintendo Game Boy, and there are several others. D- does it make a difference as we get to a more electronic state of play in society, does it make a difference to the nominees list whether there's a battery or a plug on it? It doesn't. I mean, we always talk here, um, being the Museum of Play, about having sort of a well-balanced play diet. So there is a place for electronic games and video games. There's a place for those ones that straddle that realm of, you know, are they a toy? Are they an electronic game? And then there's certainly a place for analog toys, for imaginative toys, for things that get you outside and moving, like Nerf. And so we believe all of them have play value. I think why, um, you know, this list in particular isn't as heavy on that electronic game side is that that longevity criteria sort of looms heavily there. More of the electronic games, I think, are on the recent side of things. And sometimes an electronic game will come. It'll be a huge craze. It'll be really fun. Everyone will rush out at the holidays to buy it. And then a year or two years later, you don't hear too much about it. And so... For that reason, those types of things don't necessarily meet the criteria. But, you know, there's Bop It on here, which I think is one that it's still Mm -hmm. around. They're still remaking it. Mm -hmm. And so that certainly fits that bill. Uh, So real quick before we let you go, I have not had the privilege yet of going to the National Toy Hall of Fame and the museum. Do the nominee, do the winners go into, I mean, go into a special place at the museum? They do. Yep. So we have a Toy Hall of Fame exhibit that has, it displays the 80 toys that are already inducted, and there are um, ways that you can play with them. There are electronic uh, motion capture things around, like a giant playroom. And then in the middle central cases, we have examples of the three um, that get in in any given year. So they really get a place of prominence for a, a year in the exhibit. Fantastic. And, and will you admit to a personal favorite from this year's nominees list? Oh, I have so many this year. I know you love uh, them all. <laughs> yeah, I love I mean, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I have a, a lot of personal history. I remember playing with that. Um, I actually had a version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles where you drop slime on them. So mm-hmm. to me, that was kind of funny is that they're, here's two different toys, but I remember mixing and matching them quite well. So I'm going to go with those two if I had a personal choice. Attaboy. Well, okay. one, of the, one of the Mutant Ninja Turtles is a good friend of the program. So if you want your stuff autographed, just let us know, Shane. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Thank you so much for being with us. We yeah, really we love what fun. you do up there. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. You got Thanks it. Thanks a bunch. All right. We will make our predictions on this after the break. If you want to make yours, 913-586-7798. We'll get to that coming up next here on KMBZ. So the website, if you want to see the 12 nominees for the National Toy Hall of Fame is museumofplay.org. Go to exhibits and then you'll see uh, the list there of the 2023 finalists for the Hall of Fame. Okay, we'll run them through again real quick. We'll make our predictions. Colin, if you want to jump in on this too. Although I, I get that some of this, actually, this is kind of interesting because you've sort of got two generations of us here. Yeah. And that's that's a big thing in in what they pick. So here's a list again real fast. Uh, baseball cards, Battleship, Bingo, Bop It, 
Cabbage Patch Kids, Choose Your Own Adventure Game Books, Connect Four, Ken Doll, The Little Tykes Cozy Coop, Nerf Toys, Slime, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> All right, this it, is hard. Do, yeah, do, what's what's your favorite on this list, Colin? What are you where, where are you gravitating toward? Uh, it's Nerf or nothing for me. Yeah, Nerf and, or nothing. and here's here's what I'll say. Last year, I didn't know what some of these were. I know what all of these are, and I have had experience with all of these as well. So the generational thing isn't going to. I mean, maybe toward the more like emotional effect of them, you know. Mm-hmm. But I do have experience with all, all of these this year. The very first game, like board game type thing, that I ever remember playing, and there may have been others that I played before this, but the, the one that I actually have a memory of was at my Aunt Mary's house with my sister and my two cousins on the floor playing Battleship. So okay. I I have to go that way. I, I've loved it since the very first game that I played and got the pants beat off me. <laughs> I mean, it was just terrible because I was the youngest of all of us. So they were always, you know, ganging up on me. But still, love the game, love the electronic battleship. I've got to go battleship. I'm, I'm, this is a really hard list this year because yeah. there's, there's only one or two where I think, well, maybe not. But everything else you can make an argument for. I'm going to, I'm going to say kind of in the same vein as you. My first one is Cabbage Patch Kids. Because, Not surprised. <laughs> yeah, because I, I remember in 1985, there was the year that I was about to turn six, and there was the year that I was about to turn seven. I might be off on that by a year. But one year, the, the toy that everybody wanted was the original Cabbage Patch doll, and the next year, it was the preemie. Yes. And, and I still have them. I mean, they're still in a box somewhere. That, and again, you're you're not alone on that. By by no means are you alone on that. And I think that, um, to, to my way of thinking, and maybe somebody on the text line can correct me. I know you love to do that, but that to me was the the first toy that was marketed to girls that had an expansive sort of nature to it. You know what yeah. I mean? That yeah. it, it had a story behind it. I mean. Barbie was Barbie. Yeah, right. The birth mm-hmm. certificate. It, I mean, it, and Barbie kind of grew a story over time. But when Barbie was first introduced in 19, whatever, 55, I think. Um, no, I was not alive yet, by the way, in case you were wondering. But, but yeah, when Barbie was first introduced, there was no story. It was just, here's a nice doll. And all of the stuff about the dream house and the dream car and all that, that came later. Cabbage Patch Kids were introduced to girls as a doll that had a lot more going on than just here's a doll go play. They all had a name. Yeah. I mean, you're, it, had, you're an right. it had a name and a story. Yeah, an identity. Um, I don't know how big they are now, which is what might get it not on the list, mm-hmm. but I'll, I'll put my vote in for that, that that phenomenon though did last a long time. I think you're. I don't know how many of them still sell every year, but mm-hmm. that was around for a good twenty years, and they were still popular. I mean, they they definitely had a spike at the beginning, but they stayed around a long time. All right, Colin, give me a second one. What's going in? Um, personal choice, probably Battleship. Okay, for me, that's two votes for Battleship. Okay. John, as much as much as I loved my choose your own adventure books, uh, just just for, uh, you know, again, because we've got a connection to it. I got to go with the turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, definitely for okay. number two. I'm going to say baseball cards. Bec- again, crossing generations. Yes. Every kid had them, maybe a little more geared toward toward boys, but staying power. Do you know what? 
I, here's here's a reason I think to back up what you just said to back up why baseball cards because baseball cards have two identities to them there's certainly the love of the game and collecting your mm-hmm. favorite players from your favorite team and checking off the little checklists and all of that stuff which destroys the value on them but whatever mm-hmm. we didn't know that we weren't interested in value that that's the thing is we were interested because we got to read the backs of them and learn about our favorite guys and what they're you know the little yeah. quirky little sayings on them but the other thing is Who didn't put them in the spokes of your bike to make your bike sound like a motorcycle? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So they had more to them than even just being Mm -hmm. baseball cards. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Last one, Colin. Uh, Not to sound like a broken record, I'm taking baseball cards. My last one. That's all right. At least you picked one of his, one of mine. That's fine. Yeah. And and I'm going to go with that too. I'm going to say baseball cards definitely make it in this year. I said slime for my third. Okay. Because, again, every year there tends to be one like that that's just very basic, that isn't branded necessarily. And, again, a couple years ago we made it in studio. I mean, it's still totally around. Yeah. So um, yeah, and and you know that's not to take anything away from Boffit, but Boffit or Bingo or Connect. I mean, Connect Four is a great game for sure, and still around, and very much so. So yeah, they're all good. But I think yeah, those that's a pretty solid list of favorites. Yeah, the argument for Connect Four is that it now there are adult versions of that game, like full five by five foot <laughs> yeah. versions of that game. That's true. Yeah, that exists. At, Science City's got one. I mean, they're they're all over the place where you can do that. I've been in hotels that have them. So it's usually September or November where the winners are yeah, announced. It's, it's usually, not I long. Think. It's yeah, usually a couple of months that they consider it all, and then yeah, we should have the list out certainly by the beginning of the Christmas season. Okay, um, so keep these coming in if you would like here. Um, still to come in the show, we uh, the writer strike continues, and now there is an auction that's up of items related to celebrities to raise money for those writers. We'll get to that coming up during the show here on KNBC. Phone number here, 913-586-7798. Okay, we need your help with suggestions. Uh, it is a week from tomorrow that John's going to be out for a little over a week. Yep. We talked a little bit about this, but not a lot. <laughs> but tonight's a big night for you. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, going into uh, have a little procedure done about a week from now. Uh, yeah, a week from tomorrow. And uh, so that means that tonight is my last solid food for a long time. <laughs> and I've never done anything like this before. The whole idea of a liquid diet is kind of a little daunting. But, um, you know, they, and and they said, you know, don't do not do food funerals. You know, don't do that. Don't don't act Heck like you're never going to be able to eat something like that. But, I mean, when you're looking at your last meal for three weeks, your last real meal for three weeks, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it becomes very, very real. <laughs> so, uh-huh. uh, so I'm just kind of staring down the double barrels of that going, okay, I need need to know what I should have for dinner tonight. And can it be three dinners? <laughs> like, can, it, can you just like I, go from like six until 10 p.m. and just. Honestly, you know, I wish I could. I, uh, I've i made so many changes to my own diet, not to go too far into the details on this, but over the last two months, I've, I've made so many changes already that packing away a giant meal for me anymore just kind of doesn't happen. That's what they're counting on. I mean, that, that's yeah. sort of the, the buildup to this is is that that's not, and that's a good thing, that that's not appealing anymore. Sure. Because that helps in the long run. But you've got one, like, really good, solid 
good dinner in you yeah. tonight. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I can, you know, and, and the thing is, uh, my wife and I, Jen and I generally like the same kinds of things. So that means two things. A, everything is on the table. And B, if it's a huge meal and I can't finish it, we'll take it home and she'll finish it in a couple of days. So <laughs> it's not you like you're eating the leftovers. Yeah. You're, right. you're not going to puree the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Although that's not a bad idea. I do like your style on that one. No. Uh, yeah, there I are, think it's a horrible idea. There, but... <laughs> there are rules about what I can and can't do. And that's unfortunately not one of them. Um, so, yeah, it's just I, I if you ask me, I mean, it's one of those things where if you ask me what my favorite meals are, mm-hmm. I could run you down a list of them. I mean, that, that'd be fairly easy. But if you ask me, okay, this is the last thing you're going to eat for three weeks. And and so what, like, what would my last meal be for a long time? And it became a lot harder of a question. And I don't really know. <laughs> a lot of pressure in that. Yeah. Um, all right. So 913-586-7798. Again, it's not the last meal forever, but it's the last... <laughs> Meal of solid foods for three weeks. Yep. And so it's you may as well go out with a with a bang a little bit there. <laughs> Somebody just said they heard Olive Garden has that never ending pasta bowl available again. <laughs> That's the way to do it right I, I there. Mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lo- loading up on carbs might not be the worst idea anybody ever had. But uh, yeah, I can I can definitely put away some spaghetti and meatballs. There's no no sin in that. Like for you, I would think something like a Cuban. Oh, like something that you really like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like for me, it's probably Pizza Fifty One. If I had to, if I had to make a choice like that, but for you, I could see it being something Cuban. Yeah. Oh, and I do. I love Cuban food. I love uh, South American food. I love Mexican food. Um, and and it's funny too because I I, I was kind of thinking along the same lines you are. Is uh, you know what could I put away a lot of? <laughs> and then I thought, okay, do I really want to do that, or or would it be better to just have? you know, a, a normal human sized meal mm-hmm. so that, because I, I wouldn't want to have like that, that last experience with food for three weeks, be something that makes me just, yeah. <laughs> you know, and oh, I got to wait to digest this over the next seven days. Colin says Applebee's has endless wings for 13 bucks. Oh, now we're talking. It's a deal oh, too. That, you know, and, and that would be, that would make sense for me because of where I grew up <laughs> that, you know, going with wings is probably, uh, a, it's a little bit on the nose, but I like it. I do. I do love my wings. I like the number of you that are telling us about the all you can eat stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> it, it, the opposite of that. It yeah. needs to be a really, really good singular a gr- meal event. Yeah. A great overall experience. Not something I'm going to regret three hours after I ate it. Um, I, I, you know, we've all done that. You know, we've all done mm-hmm. the, the pizza buffets and the Italian buffets and the Chinese buffets and all of that. It's just, I don't know if, if I want to go that direction or if I would just rather have one really good thing. Like it, it's, there's that TV show called the best, best meal I ever ate. Yeah. That, yep. you know, yeah. I want to have uh, that. Celebrity chefs do that. And they say, this is the best thing I ever ate. Yep. My suggestion is texture. Because that's what you're gonna miss probably for the next few weeks. Like chips and salsa come to me, come yeah, to mind for uh-huh. me. Uh huh. Chewing anything crunchy or that's got yeah. a real good, you know, like almost like a steak. I mean, which also yeah. wouldn't be a half bad idea. Something that takes a little while to get through. Nine one three five eight six seven seven eight eight. Taking your suggestions. Uh, we can go to the phones. Let's do that. Bring in Mike in Topeka. Hey, Mike. Hey guys. Um, so I'm. I, I don't know restaurants that well in Kansas City. Uh, but I'm sure there's got to be a really, really good buffet. And that's what I would recommend. <laughs> yeah. Because that way you can cover all the bases and have little bits of all 
all the different dishes and, and textures and varieties and types and stuff. You make a good point about that. And, and just because you go to a buffet doesn't mean you need to eat half of it. Right. So that, just just for the variety. Still, yeah, it gives you that variety and you can, you know, have a, a little bite of this and a little bite of that and still get a good feeling without, you know, going too crazy with it. Okay. All right. That's definitely something to consider, Mike. Um, in fact, yeah, one of our the, – the places that we go a lot – have you been to the Mongolian Grill that's uh, across from Oak Park Mall? I have not. It's one no. of those places where you fill a bowl up and then they cook it on the on the big oh. open grill. Yeah, um, like hibachi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, or, yeah, even like a teppanyaki-style place would be good, mm-hmm. too. I love that. <laughs> oh, now I'm thinking about nothing but that. I want to see the onion volcano. But um, but yeah, they, that place isn't half bad, and uh, and you don't have to go crazy with it. It's not it's it, you know it's not one of those buffets that's so expensive that you feel like you do have to eat a ton just to mm-hmm. justify the cost. Colin's going to Pizza Ranch. Um, let's see, is dessert on the table here at all? Are we thinking about that at all? I think that's already covered. Um, my lovely bride, knowing that this was my last day, uh, got us some really quality pieces of cheesecake. So okay. I think we're okay there. Because that's coming in a little bit okay. um, about dessert. Um, I mean, I like the simplicity of this. Pizza comes Have up a, a lot. Grilled cheese sandwich with really good butter toasted bread, Ooh. a fat pickle, and chips of your choice. <laughs> I yeah, like it. Not bad. Very comfort food oriented. And and maybe, I mean, speaking of comfort food, I would not turn my nose up at meatloaf. Is, Who has really good meatloaf? Yeah, does anybody Where do, you go do for one? that? Is there a restaurant that does a really solid meatloaf? There's got to be. I mean, I'm talking brown gravy, mashed potatoes, mm-hmm. you know, corn, whatever. I, yeah, I, I'll need help with that one because um, I don't, I'm, I'm sure like a Pierpont strikes me would do something like that really well. But if you know, feel free to, uh, to let us know here. Um, Somebody just said the, that Mongolian grill I was talking about gives you a free birthday meal. Well, my birthday's tomorrow. Does that count? <laughs> Several of you said Mongolian grill is closing. Oh, that's no good. I hope that's not true. But yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe they would give me a reprieve for a day, you know, on the on the whole birthday meal thing, just because, uh, you know, I can't eat that tomorrow. My heart hurts at the number of you that are suggesting Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> and I can't tell if you're trolling or if you're serious. Well, you get them peanuts. <laughs> yes, it's it's a it's a multi-sensory experience there, not just <laughs> not just texture to be chewing, but elsewhere. Um, Stroud's for fried chicken. Okay. Just came in. Um fried chicken's a good idea. That's not where I'm that's that's not where I'm going, but that's cool. Um Let's see. Oh, somebody, somebody totally misinterpreted. <laughs> this is the uh, problem with talking about anything is you, you always have people that tune in in the middle of a conversation. Yeah. And somebody totally misinterpreted what I said. No, no, no. I, I'm, this is the last solid food that I have for three weeks coming up tonight. So it has nothing to do. I was talking about my wife just because we like eating the same things. No, we're fine. Thank you. Nick and Jake's for meatloaf. Oh, really? Okay. I would believe that to be true. Yeah. Um, somebody said Red Door. I'm not familiar. There is one in Brookside or Waldo, and there is one in 135th and Row-ish, somewhere I, in that part of the world. I also appreciate the suggestions that are coming in for really high-quality steakhouses. Mm-hmm. Um, my proviso to that is I don't like dressing up. Ruining a meal for me yes. is making me dress up to eat it. Yeah. So I, I get it. I totally get it. I'm sure the food is fantastic, but I'm probably not putting on a tie. 
Fogata Chow's coming in several times. Go, just go eat your weight in meat. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, tell me more because I don't. Oh, that's one I don't know. Isn't Fogata Chow Brazilian steakhouse? All you can eat meat. Oh, I've hey. never been, All but right. there's one on the plaza. Okay. Yeah, Sam's telling me yes. Yeah. Um, oh, there's a red door in Liberty, but that's the opposite direction of where he's going. Red door grill is not a bad idea. Um, just because there's a lot of variety there. Okay. And somebody said there's, there's one at four, 435 and 87th in Lenexa. That's, yeah, that's right up the road from me. Okay. Um, huh. Okay. That, that may, that may be in the lead. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to see. And of course, I mean, it also matters what kind of mood I'm in, you know, tonight mm-hmm. for what I you know really have some kind of craving for, but I'm not, I'm, I'm generally not the kind of person that says, boy, I'm really in the mood for blank mm-hmm. unless it's wings. Keep these coming in, 913-586-7798, and then tomorrow we'll find out what the the choice was. (laughs) All right, uh, coming up, we are looking on eBay at the offerings from celebrities to try to help out riders affected by the strike. There are a lot of cool experiences on this list. We'll get to this coming up here on KMBZ. The Union Solidarity Coalition is the organization that was founded this year by writers and directors in Hollywood, uh, designed to help raise money for production crew members and writers being affected by the strike uh, because of the healthcare benefits that are at risk because of the work stoppage. So there is an online auction that opened for bids Tuesday night, goes through September 22nd. It's up on eBay, and there's all kinds of fun stuff on this list. Boy, isn't there. I mean, I know you're a big fan of the bear, and that's that's one of the headlines on this. They've got one of the aprons from the bear going up. Yeah, and it's signed by – it's funny because if you click on it, it shows – one second. It's pre-worn, it shows. So it's one that they must have worn on the bear. It's a blue one. Yeah. Signed by the cast, Jeremy Allen White and um, the major characters on the cast. That's up to $1,500 with 32 offers. Oh, wow. And that's an apron, which tells you how high some of the experiences on this list are going to go. Yeah. Well, and and it's it's an interesting group of people that they have lined out um in this in this article about the auctions because they're all stars but they're all stars in very strange ways i mean tom waits mm-hmm. is on the list you can get one of tom waits's fedoras um one of my favorite actresses parker posey has mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff and, and she's one of my favorite actresses because she's been in so many different things uh one of the things that they they have is a signed script from her from dazed and confused which is I mean, that movie is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder what else is up there because she was in all of the, the like the Chris Guest movies, like uh, mm-hmm. Best in Show and all of that. She was in those. She's just fun to watch. So a little bit of something for everybody, which is what you would what you would hope it would be. So here's some of the more interesting ones. Um, <laughs> Watercolor Portrait of Your Dog by John Lithgow. <laughs> I want that. I want $4, that so bad. Okay. If you want it. Uh, Lena Dunham will paint a mural in your house okay. for $3,000. Uh-huh. This will end up going a lot higher guarantee. Bob Odenkirk, who also was oh, on the bear this yeah. past season. And of course, uh, better call Saul and before that breaking bad. Uh-huh. And David Cross will join you for dinner. We just hang out okay. for dinner. All right. That's fantastic. First of all, that Cross and Odenkirk are back together because mm-hmm. uh, they were a comedy team long before Breaking Bad. I mean, the two mm-hmm. of them were, uh, yeah, I mean, they did some great work together. So, uh, boy, dinner with Cross and Odenkirk. Now I've got to stack that up against John Lithgow painting a picture of my dog. Now I have no idea what to bid on. You can do 20 questions in a 20 minute Zoom with Sarah Silverman. 
Which could be fun. (laughs) Yes, it could. Especially given the questions I'd ask her. Adam Scott walks your dog for one hour (laughs) in Los Angeles. That's up to $3,000. Uh-huh. What would people know Adam Scott from? I know the face. Oh. Parks and Recreation. Yeah, right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, let me scroll up and, here a little and bit. Big Love is the other one. That's the one that I was trying to think of. Because, yeah, you watched Parks and Rec. I watched Big Love. Natasha Leone, who I know from Orange is the New Black, yep. but she's done other stuff, will help you solve the New York Times Sunday crossword puzzle. What if she isn't any good, though? <laughs> That's true. I mean, it would be yes. really funny if she yeah. was like, oh, I don't know. I have no idea what that word is. Um, let me go back to page three. And then there are other things. There's just stuff on here. Scripts that have been signed and, and stuff like that. Um, let's see. So pers- I don't know how much this is going to bring in. A personalized song by the cast of Bob's Burgers. <laughs> oh, I missed that one. Uh, pottery class with Busy Phillips. So, yeah, this is uh, this is getting a lot more fun as time goes by. Definitely. Yeah, so it's it's a really creative idea. I don't know who thought of the individual items, like who from the bear thought to get Jeremy Allen White and the cast to sign an apron. Yeah, or or do you just go to the stars and say, okay, we we've got this effort going. What can you donate? Um, you know, either way, I guess I, like with Lithgo, you have to know mm-hmm. the guy can paint. So yeah, if if they just walked up to him and said, what would you do? Uh, that's probably. The, the way that a lot of these came about, but they're just, they're fascinating ideas and you give creative people the ability to be creative. This is the kind mm-hmm. of stuff you're going to end up with. And those people are niche enough that, how can I put this? Um, that, that, because there's not any really, really big star on that list. Yeah. Bob Odenkirk maybe is one of the biggest ones on there. You're going to spend a lot of money for, especially for something interactive with them because they're going to have such a niche audience. I mean, the bear now has become as big as it gets. But some of these, you have to really like that person. And if you do, you'll spend a lot of money. So if it's one of the ones where they come to you, like having dinner with Cross and Odenkirk (laughs) or having Lena Dunham come to your house, um, I mean, do do you have to fly? If you don't live in Los Angeles or New York, do you have to pay their airfare? I don't know. Boy, that would stink, (laughs) wouldn't it? Yeah, I'd still do it for Cross and Odenkirk, but you know. Like you have to pay the expenses if it's not. Yep. If they're not in your backyard, um, I don't know because there are all, there are only a couple of these that say Los Angeles only. Yeah, just just a couple. The one of the walk and the dog was one, and there's a couple others, but and that's they, it. Yeah, and they would say, yeah, I, uh, I knew years ago, uh, Joe Walsh was selling off one of his guitars, and if you paid his asking price, he would hand deliver it to you. You know, things like that. It's right. you know, if if it goes up over a certain amount, then they'll go ahead and take care of all the expenses to get them there. So we'll see. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that auction a little bit and see uh, how high some of those go. It goes again until September 22nd if you want to check it out. Uh, well, we have a couple of minutes. Um, this was out of TikTok. Quick little health story here. There is a dentist, Sebastian Lomas, a UK-based dentist. 21,000 followers on TikTok, not bad for a dentist, who said you need to add to your nighttime routine clearing your nose. Not just brushing your teeth, (laughs) clearing your nose at night. Why does a dentist care if I clear my nose at night? He said it's just as important as brushing your teeth. He says the reason is ensuring your sinuses are clear, which can help with getting a good night's sleep and end your snoring. Okay. Uh, Makes sense. Um, Okay. I mean, there was... Uh, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm trying to, uh, if, if dental health is his thing, I guess if you're a doctor of any kind, you're concerned with overall health, right? And, mm-hmm. and maybe if you if you do that and you're not snoring, you may not grind your teeth as much. 
Okay. Um, he demonstrates on here how what you how you're supposed to do this. I I can't come up with it just from reading the description. I'm uh -huh. sure it's not as complicated as it reads. But is that like neti pot? Uh, or is it like Navage, the, the which is like an electric neti pot? I mean, they, they accomplish the same goal. Either way, I can't do that. I can't waterboard myself before bed. Let's see. Roughly half of people snore at some point in their lives. More common among men. Um, this, I, this is just a weird thing to do at, at night or any time. It would not occur to me. <laughs> Like I already have to do enough stuff. Uh, yeah, and I've got you enough. Know? I've got enough sinus problems. I don't need any help with them. Like I just bought. This is totally a woman thing. I get it, but I just bought um, a jade face roller. A woman, now? you know what I'm talking about? Google this okay. or look on Amazon. Um, you know, you got to take care of your skin. You got to do all this stuff, and so it, it being made out of jade is important because it holds its temperature. It'll always oh. stay cool. Okay. You're supposed to put it in the freezer to get it colder. And it's you're supposed to roll it on your face to get the fluid build up out of your face. And there's a little <laughs> one that you're supposed to use on the eyes, the bags under your eyes to reduce the bags. Okay. This now is what I do multiple times a day. I am astounded at the variety of jade yes. face rollers that I'm looking at right now. Yes. Mine wasn't that expensive, 20 bucks maybe. Um, yeah, and it's in the they, freezer right now. I, I see him anywhere from five bucks to 407. I'm not spending that. There's no way. <laughs> I don't know if this actually works, but it feels good. So I'm willing to do it either way. Yep. All right. Uh, we'll take a break here. Coming up in the next hour. What is going on with Drew Barrymore? Speaking of the writer's strike, we'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ.